And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, it's the classic Christmas drama, The Desert Shall Rejoice, on the Hallmark Playhouse, hosted by John Hodiak. Then, it's part one of a Christmas Eve episode of The Red Skelton Show from 1946. With me to help present these radio classics is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. Are you enjoying your classic radio club membership? I love my classic radio club Really? And why membership. is that? Well, I like the idea of getting radio shows sent to my door every month. But mostly, I'm introduced to different radio shows that I wouldn't ordinarily um, have a lot of exposure to. So you learn a little bit more about what you like and what you don't like and as much. And discover maybe some um, new stuff, absolutely. right? Absolutely. So it's a lot of fun to learn as I go. Yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it. And I know you give the CDs to your mom and dad when you're done listening we to them. We share. Why not? Yeah, mm-hmm. very nice. Save a few bucks. Every month, you get this package sent to your home with 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, brilliant sound quality. There's also liner notes and detailed information that I write about every episode. So if you join the Classic Radio Club, you too can be getting 10 shows sent to your home every single month. Just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. Check it all out. There's a website there that will explain everything to you. The introductory offer is only $5, and you get the uh, five CDs in a collector case Ten shows, you get Abbott and Costello's Who's On First, you get Suspense, Gunsmoke, you get all kinds of great shows in that first batch, and you'll get great shows every single month. So go to ClassicRadioClub.com. All right, it's time now for the Hallmark Playhouse. This was a drama that came to radio in 1948, lasted till 1953. British novelist James Hilton was the host. It was sponsored, of course, by Hallmark Cards. And it dramatized well-known stories from literature with top Hollywood stars. It was directed by Dee Engelbach and was heard on CBS. Now, this is their annual Christmas show called The Desert Shall Rejoice. And this is from December 16, 1948. Here's part one of the Hallmark Playhouse. Remember, a Hallmark card when you care enough. To send the very best. Tonight, from Hollywood, the makers of Hallmark greeting cards bring you John Hodiak in Robert Pinch's The Desert Shall Rejoice on the Hallmark Playhouse. Each week, Hallmark will bring you Hollywood's greatest stars in outstanding stories chosen by one of the world's best-known authors, the distinguished novelist, Mr. James Hilton. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is James Hilton. 
Tonight on our Hallmark Playhouse, we present our dramatization of a play with a wonderful title, The Desert Shall Rejoice, a title which the author, Mr. Robert Finch, took from that wonderful passage in the Bible, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom like the rose. Mr. Finch wrote much for the theater, but nothing more appropriate for this time of the year than The Desert Shall Rejoice. It is indeed a portrayal of the Christmas spirit against the colorful background of our own America. And I think you'll find its chief character, Nick, is one that stays in your mind as strikingly as it will in mine. And we're additionally privileged to have starring in this part one of Hollywood's most interesting and forthright young actors, John Hodiak. Hallmark Playhouse, starring John Hodiak in Robert Finch's The Desert Shall Rejoice. Some miles out on a highway through the Nevada desert is Nick's Place, a small and lonely tourist camp. It's Christmas Eve, and the owner, Nick Catapuli, has just finished installing a huge electric sign in the shape of a star above the main building. At the moment, he's viewing the result. I don't get it. I break my back getting this sign on the roof. I spend a whole day putting 700 bulbs in it. It cost me 500 bucks, and it doesn't work. Are you sure you put the switch on, Nick? Rosa, be still. Stay out of this. And that singing back there isn't helping any. If it weren't for you, I wouldn't be having this trouble. Oh, me? Did I put the sign up? Did I connect it? No, but you talked me into buying it. I wanted to buy a small sign. It would have said, Nick's Place, Cabins for Tourists, Nick Carapuli, Proprietor, Cafe and Connection, but no. You had to have a 20-foot star without even a word on it. Why do I listen to you? Nick, I still say, why don't you turn the switch on? If that doesn't work, then call on an electrician. Rosa, for five years we've been married. For five years I've fixed everything around this place without your advice. Leave me alone. Oh, Nick, it's Christmas Eve. Our star's got to work. It's not our star. It's your star, so you make it work. Oh, Nick, I'm sorry. Well, that won't help the sign get fixed. I've tried everything. Nothing works. Let's forget it. Oh, Nick. Oh, Nick, you've you, you got to find a way to fix it. I want everybody in the desert to see it lit. I want everybody to know that Nick and Rosa are celebrating Christmas. There you go again. Can I ever make you understand how much I hate Christmas? What's there to celebrate? We got stuck again. <laughs> You don't really hate Christmas. No, I love Christmas. I'm celebrating Christmas. Didn't I just give a guy a present of 500 bucks for nothing? Why do you carry on like this? You're a good man. I know you got a kind heart. I don't understand. Every day in the year you behave. But on Christmas, there's no living with you. Come on, let's go inside. It's freezing out here. Senor, you are the owner of this place? That's right. What can I do for you? My wife and me would like to rent a cabin... Please, senor, we have money. A little. I can't help you. The cabins are all filled. Please. My wife is very sick. You must help us. We only got so much room, and that's all. We have walked for miles and miles to get here, senor. My wife just cannot walk anymore. Where is your wife? Down the road, resting on the sand. Yes, Business about walking through the desert. What happened to your car? It broke down. It is very old, senor, and, and not so good anymore. So we'll leave it and walk and walk. 
Are you uh, sure your wife is as sick as you say she is? My wife is very sick. Okay, you got yourself a cabin. Go get your wife. We're going to make somebody move, Nick? Yeah, something like that. We're giving them our cabin. Oh, Senor Nick, you're a good man. Yeah, but go you're... get your wife before I change my mind. Oh, Senor Nick. Senor Nick, I... Go on, you're wasting time. You said your wife was sick. Oh, Nick, what a fine thing to do on Christmas. Well, what's Christmas got to do with it? You know, the rates are $3 a night. Cash before you move in. Senor, we do not have the $3. Go on. Go get your wife. Don't worry about the money. Gracias. Gracias, senor. Uh, what's your wife's name? Maria. I am Jose Santos. I go bring my Maria. The next time, Rosa, I'll run my own business. You know, Nick, the size of a man is the size of his heart. You don't fool me. You're a big man. <sighs> Nick, he said his wife's name was Maria, and his name was Jose. He said that, didn't he? That's what he said. Come on, we'll move out of our cabin. Nick, what does Jose and Maria mean to you? Two people that are broke named Jose and Maria. Jose and Maria. Joseph and Mary. Now, don't start getting a pipe dream. I talked to Jose. He has two hands, two feet, and he isn't what you think he is. And you gave them our cabin. I've such a funny feeling inside of me. As if... This'll be a night we'll always remember. What are you expecting, Rosa? A miracle? I don't know. Maybe. When your miracle arrives, order me a new sign. One that works. I'm going inside. And Rosa, tell the people in cabin four that if they don't stop singing that hogwash, I'm going to throw them out. Anybody here? You're right there. Cup of coffee, please. Hey, you've got a bad cough. It's uh, none of my business, but what are you doing out on your shirt sleeves on a cold night like this? You said it, mister. It's none of your business. Look, brother, I don't have to serve you. Go on and beat it. Oh, wait a minute. I, I didn't mean to be fresh. You can still beat it. Nick, that's no way to treat a customer. Give him his coffee. Thanks, lady. I don't like his looks and I don't want his business. Oh, there's nothing wrong with this boy that a little warmth wouldn't cure. Give him a break. Why should I? How do I know he's got a nickel to pay for the coffee? And if he hasn't, you've given away plenty of coffee to people who needed it. Well, what are you waiting for? Coming up. What's your name? Uh, Dusty. I see you've been traveling a long ways. It's been hard, hasn't it? Pretty bad. Here's your coffee. Dusty, why don't you have supper with Nick and me? We don't have anything fancy, but it's Christmas. And you'd do us a favor if he shared with us. <laughs> and don't worry, Nick won't bite you. He doesn't mean what he said. Uh, no, thanks. I, I, I can't. I... Oh, come on. Don't be embarrassed. I'll set a place for you, huh? I, I, I can't eat with you. I, I don't want to eat with you. Lovely boy. Come on, drink your coffee and get out. There's your Christmas spirit for you, Rosa. Give a guy a helping hand and you'll always get a kick in the face. Excuse me, I... I'm just so tired I can't think. I'm grateful to you, lady. Honest, I am. And, mister, Christmas means an awful lot to me. You're so tired you can't think. You haven't got a coat on your back and you look as if you haven't eaten in a week. How can Christmas mean anything to you? Why don't you ask yourself what can it possibly do for you? I don't ask Christmas to do anything for me. It's me that wants to do for Christmas. 
You see, Christmas gives me hope and the feeling that I can do something for myself. More important than that, it means giving to my family. Giving them presents and looking at their happy faces when they receive them. Without the presents, they're pretty unhappy, huh? Yeah, that's what I call real love. Look, mister, you've got a blank spot. A little faith wouldn't hurt you. You're a guy who could really use Christmas. Why? So I, too, could wind up without a coat on my back? Nick, listen to Dusty. He's right. You're wrong. Pleased to meet you, St. Dusty. Where do you park your wings? You don't know it, but you've just become part of Rosa's fancy miracle. Nick, maybe you're right. I don't know, Dusty. I never saw him before in my life. But I only know goodness will come from him. What's the use? Come on, Rosa. You ready for dinner? I'm ready. Warm yourself by the fire, Dusty. And, mister, when you finish your coffee, leave your nickel on the counter. You still around? Takes you a long time to finish a cup of coffee. It sure does when you have a lot of things on your mind and you don't know the answers. Well, do your thinking somewhere else. Hey, what do you got against me? Just that you've been here too long. Thanks for making up my mind for me. I got a gun in my pocket. I, I, I have never used it before, but I'm going to now if I have to. You going crazy? Unlock your cash register and hand over the money. I knew I was right about you. What took you so long getting around to this? Does it matter? Just hand over the money like I asked you. Said in true Christmas spirit. Here, $82. We worked hard for this. I'll take $20.05. It's nice meeting a cut rate stick up, man. Say what you want. Hand over $20.05. Here. Tell me, what's the odd nickel for? That's something you wouldn't understand. Your wife ordered that coffee for me. I couldn't steal from her. Here's the nickel. Would you like me to get the crying towel for you? That's just what I figured you'd say. You ought to take time out and study your wife. You might learn to be a human being. You're preaching to me? Interesting. Rosa said you had goodness. She really believed. I feel sorry for her when she finds out what you are. How would you like to face her? If you try to call her, I'll kill you. That's what I thought. When you've got your money, why don't you beat it? And while you're at it, take the rest of my money. You'll still get the same five years for it. Where do you keep your car? I can't help you there. Somebody's using it. Are you telling the truth? No one's ever accused me of being a thief or a liar. Make up your own mind. Doesn't matter. I'll get one from one of your tourists. Before I go, there's something I want to tell you about myself. This isn't a confessional. I'm not interested. You, you got to tell her for me that I'm sorry. I, I never wanted to hurt her. I didn't even want to hurt you when I first came in. That's very touching. I'm desperate. I, I have to have money. All that keeps running through my mind is that I have to be home with my family for Christmas. Mister, I fought my way across the country. I got my brains kicked in by railroad dicks. I, I hocked my clothes to keep from begging and stealing. I, I slept in the open. There were times I was so cold I wished I was dead. I got this... And I'm almost home. You're going to use my 20 bucks to buy the wife and kiddies a present. You'd steal rather than walk in empty-handed. Malarkey. I'd do anything in the world to make my wife and kid happy. How happy do you think you'll make them when you're sitting behind bars for stealing their Christmas presents? I've gone this far. I'm not turning back. Well, you're on your own. Go on back to the cabins and wave your gun around a little. You'll get your car. Go on, beat it. You make me sick. You'll tell her for me. I, I didn't mean to hurt her. I'll tell her just what I think of you. In my own way, my own words. I'm leaving now. Mister. Don't stick your head out of that door. I'm no hero. It's the only head I've got. Nick, what are you and Dusty talking about? Oh. Oh, he's gone. 
Yeah. He's gone, all right. I always thought I was a smart fella, Rosa. But I'm not. I can't understand how guys spend 364 days a year cutting each other's throats, beating their wives, stealing from one another. And Rosa, I'm sorry for your sake that it can't be different on Christmas. That's the first portion of the Hallmark Playhouse. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Sarah Knight Adamson. I'm the national film critic for the website sarahsbackstagepass.com. I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association in L.A. and a voting member of the Critics' Choice Film Awards. Coming up next, you'll hear a film review of a movie that's playing near you. The Grinch, rated PG. It's an animated cartoon for kids and adults by Universal Pictures. The film is based on the Dr. Seuss book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Benedict Cumberbatch voices the Grinch. Pharrell Williams is the voice of the narrator. Most people know the story of the Grinch. However, in this film, you'll find out why the Grinch is so grouchy. The Grinch's dog, Max, steals the movie, as does the darling Cindy Lou Who. Let's take a listen. Rashida Jones and Keenan Thompson are also part of the voice cast. Here's another clip. Today, we will do mean things, and we will do them in style. You're as burly as a cat, you're as charming as an eel, Mr. Green. You're a bad banana with a ugly black a fresh new update from the 1966 cartoon film. It's bright with colorful set designs, great dry humor, messages of love and kindness, just perfect for the holidays. And there's a cute little dog named Max who actually steals the show. The hilarious jokes and Christmas themes are really great. I'd say ages 3 through 12, although teens and adults will snicker as well. Check out my written review of The Grinch on sarahsbackstagepass.com. See you next week. Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360Radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. Do you love classic radio shows? Now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the 
greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five CDs. Every show will be superior sound quality and you'll never receive a duplicate show. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com to join and receive your first ten classic radio shows on five CDs for only $4.99. That's ClassicRadioClub.com or call toll-free 888-642-6556. That's 888-642-6556. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now let's get back to the Hallmark Playhouse. It isn't too much later that same evening. Rosa has been told by Nick what has taken place between him and Dusty. They are seated in their desert cafe as our scene opens. Nick, did you ever know why I fell in love with you? I think so. Do you think it was because you were handsome, had a good job? Oh, it didn't hurt, did it? I mean, about my having a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, one day I was in town, and I saw a horse fall down and hurt his leg. And I saw a man cry because he was sorry for the horse. And I asked, what's that man's name? And they said, Nick Catapuli. So I went home and wrote on a piece of paper, Rosa Catapuli. I liked it. So I married you. Yeah, well, uh, what you didn't know was that I saw you before you saw me that day. Uh, the only reason I cried was because I could see you were soft-hearted and full of sympathy. I knew that was the only way I could get to know you, so I cried. Mm-hmm. Anything you do good, you always deny. Nick, what are you afraid of? People. People who can hurt you. People you take to your heart and try to help. People like you're dusty. That's why we're living in this desert, away from people. Here we only meet tourists. They rent a cabin, they stay for a day, and they go. We never learn what's inside of them, and we're never troubled. That's like running away from the world. Not everybody's bad. Even the worst person has some good. Rosa, maybe I looked into your heart a long time ago. Maybe I saw too much room there. Maybe I'm selfish. I want it all to myself. Nick, this boy, Dusty, you never call the sheriff. Why? There's plenty of time for that. You will never call him, because you're like me. You forgive people their sins. You're wrong, Rose. I'm not like you. Nobody steals $20 from Nick Carapulli and gets away with it. Senor Nick, I've come to pay you our rent. That's $3. Oh, Nick, he said before he didn't have it. I told him not to worry. I pay you part now. The rest I send to you when Maria and me get home. It's an old story around here. I've trusted people before. I don't remember ever collecting. Senor Nick, I swear to you, I will pay you. That's what they all say. Settle with my wife. She's in charge of your deal. It's all right, Jose. Whatever you can afford. That's what you wanted me to say, wasn't it, Nick? You'll have it your own way. Thanks, Nick. Jose, sit down. I'll get you a cup of coffee. Hold it, Rosa. Let's settle something first. That's how it started with Dusty, a cup of coffee. Oh, but this is different. How do I know? Mr. Santos, until a little while ago, I never knew you were alive. I don't know who you are. But I do know who Rosa thinks you are. Just because your name happens to be Jose and your wife's Maria, you've become another Joseph and Mary to her. But uh, don't, don't get me wrong. She doesn't think you're the original. 
But you become some kind of a symbol to her. My wife and me, we're just like, like anybody else. Except maybe we're a little more tired now. That's all. Jose, I, I'd like to bring some broth to your wife. It'll make her feel better. <laughs> you are most kind, senor. You still believe in your little miracle, don't you, Rosa? Whatever you call it. I only know that the coming of Jose and Maria will bring us a great deal of happiness. Come on, Jose. You'll never learn, will you? Howdy. Come on in. Wait till I get my friends. They're standing around outside looking up at your star. Come on in, fellas. It's a restaurant or something. Tourist camp. We've been on a trip to town. Curly, Johnny, and me is sort of vacation for one day. Riding back to the ranch now. Hey, that's kind of a pretty star up there on your roof. <laughs> Look better if it ever lit. We were riding along, and we just about pass here when I spotted that sign. It was just a big star, and it didn't say nothing on it. Boys wanted to pass on, but I said, it's a mighty inviting star. And Buck, come on in to investigate. Well, uh, have some coffee. Yeah, don't mind if we do. Uh, Johnny, I was just thinking. Yeah, what about? All that stuff we bought in town. What stuff? Oh, them presents. Yeah. Presents? Uh, what presents? When we was in town, we bought a lot of things. <laughs> None of us got nobody to give presents to, and it was Christmas. And we was looking for somebody to give them to, and now that we're here... There's nobody here needs presents. Don't you know any beautiful women? Oh, no. We're looking for somebody who needs them. What makes you so big-hearted? Why don't you spend the money on yourself? <laughs> we don't need very much. Besides... This year, we kind of felt we'd get a kick out of giving. This is the first time we ever done a thing like this. We, we don't know how to go about doing it. You're coming to the wrong guy for advice. Nick! Nick! What's the matter, Rosa? Oh, Nick, hurry. Calm down. What are you trying to tell this me? This is no time to talk. Just call the doctor. For what? Maria! A baby. Maria, a baby? Oh, well, what are you waiting for? Phone the doctor. I'll go back and help her. How about that? I guess we come to the right place after all. We sure found somebody to give our presents to. If you don't mind, mister, Curly and Johnny and me, we'll hang around till that little old baby comes. And the three wise men brought gifts. <laughs> I'm glad you're looking at that star, mister. Well, how do you like this? St. Dusty's back. You sure went through that 20 bucks in a hurry. Oh, no. I found a better use for it. I'm going to give it to a friend. Here, friend. What kind of a routine are you giving me? I've been thinking that this 20 bucks will do you a lot more good than me. How many sermons do I have to listen to from a stick-up man? The 20 bucks would have only bought presents for my wife. Might buy you a whole new soul. What's the matter? No cynical remarks? That I hit home? Look, you stole 20 bucks from me and now you're giving it back. Does that make you a hero? Anything but. I rate myself about the lowest guy that ever lived. Well, aren't you worried about the sheriff coming after you? Yeah, I was worried. But I'm not worried anymore. I'm giving myself up. <laughs> 
That's a miracle. And we're overstocked on those today. Why didn't you stay gone? What did you come back here for? To buy you $20 worth of faith in humanity. Okay, you made your purchase and here's your change. Keep the 20. Blow. Happy New Year. You sure are a hard-boiled guy. I sure am. As you go, why don't you leave your gun with me? I never had a gun, mister. And if I had one, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Something else. For a man who says he hates Christmas, you've got more heart than anybody I ever knew. Uh, Don't let it fool you. I never had a heart. If I had one, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Well, thanks, mister. I'm going home. A Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. Nick, isn't that Dusty leaving? Yeah. He uh, brought me a present. He returned the $20? Yeah. And he gave me something else. Uh, How's Maria? Oh, Maria's fine. She had her baby. It's a boy. That figured, and on Christmas Eve, too. Well, I gotta admit that your miracles are sure stacking up against me. Nick, what was the present Dusty gave you? Faith. And maybe the first happy Christmas I've ever had. Oh, Nick. Nick, you believe? Rosa! The star! It's lit! There's some more of your miracle. No, Nick. It's not the lighting of the star that's the miracle. It's your finding faith. That's the miracle. But the star, it lit. (laughs) Nick, you always were a stubborn guy. You'll never change. Believe me, it's no miracle. It always works when you throw the switch on. That's where you're wrong, Rosa. It is a miracle. The brightest star is still shining in the east. Here again is James Hilton. Thank you, John Hodiak. For all of us in the Hallmark family, may we wish you the best of everything this Christmas season and in the coming year. Thank you, Mr. Hilton. At this time of year, it's mighty easy to fall right in with a spirit of friendliness and fellowship that made Christmas the great spiritual force that it is. And I might say that you Hallmark people are doing such a fine job of keeping this spirit alive with your cards. Each time a person gets a greeting from a friend, it helps to spread the meaning and the feeling of Christmas. Yes, indeed, and we're delighted to have you with us. Please do come again. Our Hallmark Playhouse is every Thursday. Our story tonight was adapted for radio by Jack Rubin. Our music is by Lynn Murray, and our director-producer is Dee Engelbach. So until next Thursday, then, this is James Hilton saying good night. John Hodiak will soon be seen in the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer production, Command Decision. This is Frank Goss saying good night to you all. This program came to you from the Hallmark Playhouse. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's the Hallmark Playhouse with a Desert Shall Rejoice, hosted by John Hodiak, is heard on CBS, their annual Christmas show. Well, before we tune into the Red Skelton program, I want to remind all of our listeners about Remind Magazine. You see what I have here, Mikey? Look. Remind Magazine. Ah, what a great magazine this is. And look who's on the cover. You know who that is? 
That's Cam- John Wayne. Right. <laughs> That's the Duke, man. John Wayne on the cover. It's a salute to our heroes in the armed forces. What a great issue. Remembering our veterans. There's all kinds of nostalgia, games, trivia, contests, articles about the TV shows like MASH and Combat. All kinds of uh, war movies are uh, talked about in this particular issue of Remind Magazine. I'm telling you, folks, if you like nostalgia, you're going to love Remind Magazine. Just go to their website, remindmagazine.com. That's remindmagazine.com. Or if you want to pick up uh, an issue, you can do that at any Walmart store or any Barnes & Noble store. And uh, I write an article every single issue, and my uh, my column is called Radio 360. Plus, we have our full schedule in there. So uh, we really feel very honored to be associated with Remind Magazine. So check it out, remindmagazine.com. Time now for the Red Skelton Show. This is a Christmas Eve episode, December 24th, 1946. It's all about Christmas. Here's part one of the Red Skelton Show. From Hollywood, starring Red Skelton, with David Forrester and his orchestra, our singing star, Anita Ellis, Gigi Pearson, Verna Felton, Pat McGee, and Wonderful Smith, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. It's a pleasure to bring you Metro Golden Mayor's popular comedian, Red Skelton. Thank you very much, and Merry Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> They're all over the cast is applauding. Wait till they open up their presents. They won't be... <laughs> 903, Rod. 903, and Merry Christmas to you, Red. Yeah. Well, here it is, Christmas Eve. Yeah, and you know, I don't, and you know what I'm going to give you? No, Red, I have the slightest idea. Then we're even. Neither have I. <laughs> oh, say, I heard you on the Eddie Cantor program last oh, week. Oh, yeah. hey, you know who's a great guy, too? Who? Is this Harry Von Zell. He laughs at everything that Cantor says, you know? Well, I can laugh as hard as Harry Von Zell. Yeah, well, let's see. Go ahead. I'll say something funny like Cantor. I'm dead. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Red. It was really some show. Yeah, there's a real comedian. Eddie Cantor? Me. Me. <laughs> Well, he's been on the air a long time, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, when Eddie first went on the radio, Marconi was just thinking of the idea. And when you first went on the radio? He's sorry he ever thought of it. <laughs> you know, it must have been exciting being on the air with Eddie Cantor. Yeah. He's discovered a lot of talent. Yeah. Diana Durbin, Dinah Shore. Yeah, Sophie Tucker. John, <laughs> John Wilkes Booth. Oh, <laughs> oh wait a second, Ed. How long has he been in show business? Eddie Cantor, let's see. Well, let's see. Lincoln was shot in 65. <laughs> I took a bath in 22. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long time. I you know, know, I thought it was cute the way you played Junior and Eddie played your father. Yeah, here, I got a, I got a nice card from Eddie Cantor. It's a, I'll read it for you. It says, right. Dear Red, thanks for being Junior on our show. We really love Junior, and we all want him to return the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but all joking aside, ladies and gentlemen, everyone kids Eddie Cantor about his big eyes, but very seldom anything is said about the big hand that he has that's always ready to reach out and give help to some unfortunate person. The stories in the Skelton Scrapbook of Satire are about Christmas. If you'd rather have the deeper type of Christmas stories, you can go to the Dickens. Chapter One, The Black Market Christmas. Ah, good evening there, friend. Merry Christmas and welcome to the Sweet Tooth Candy Kitchen. 
Uh, are you Bolivar Shagnasty? Well, if I ain't, some guy's sure running around with a horrible name, I know that. <laughs> well, uh, Ben Rubin, the newsboy, sent me. Oh? Yes, he, he told me you might have some bubble gum. Not so loud, not so loud. Step into the back of the store, will you? The boys just smuggled it in this morning. The boys? Yeah, you know, the gum runners. Is this a, a black market? No, this is more of a tattletale gray. But uh, I can't take any chances just talking out in the open. I was run in last week for cutting up extension cords and selling them to nearsighted kids for licorice. <laughs> on your mind, huh? Well, I'd like to get a box of bubble gum from my grandson for Christmas. A box? Yes. <laughs> oh, what gold mine do you own? Well, how much does it run? Two dollars a ball. <laughs> Two dollars a ball? Yeah, that's providing you take a few sticks of the other brands of gum, see? <laughs> We're operating the way the liquor stores do. <laughs> you buy one bottle of good stuff, you gotta get some of that rut cut, would it, you know? <laughs> Well, you know, at that price, I can buy a new car. You'd be surprised how many people are buying gum this year instead of cars. Well, it seems ridiculous to pay that much for. Well, I'll tell you what I do have. You might be interested in some used bubble gum. <laughs> might be able to scrape you up a box of that, sporty. Well, where do you get it? From the seats after a kiddie's matinee? Yeah, but from the Beverly Hills hitching post to eat it. <laughs> this ain't that riffraff stuff, you know. You know, them movie cards, uh, movie star kids, is, uh, they're in a difference, you know. As soon as the sugar's out of the gum, they're ready for a new chew. <laughs> they don't go in for the sport of blowing it and popping it, you know. <clears throat> well, I guess I'd better get some of the fresh bubble gum. Good for you, yeah, good for you. Christmas <laughs> only comes once a year. That's right. <clears throat> Here we are. Well, now tell me, are there any instructions with the gum? My grandson's only four years old and he's never seen any. Well, all he has to do to blow a bubble is to breathe through the nose and out through the mouth. Now, be sure you get that straight, because if he does it the other way around, he's going to be in trouble. <laughs> Here, I'll give you I'll give you a demonstration. Uh, uh, what size head does your grandson have? Why? Well, I want to give you an idea of how the bubble gum is going to look hanging out of his kisser. <laughs> You see, if it's not just right, this, uh, the size is not right, the loss is too great. When it pops, it gets in their hair, all over their faces, shuts off their breathing. Well, he wears a size three hat. What the kid got for a head, grapefruit? <laughs> I'll have to chew this stuff up a little and get some of the kinks out of it. Uh-oh, there went my filling. Well, now watch this, brother. Hey, it has nice texture, doesn't it? 51 gauge. <laughs> Makes a nice sheer bubble, don't you think? You better step back. This may be a little moisturized. <laughs> well, would you mind if I stepped into the next room? It's, it's getting on my coat. That's funny. This thing ain't popping. How did my head get inside of here? <laughs> well, I knew if I stayed in this business long enough, I'd blow my top. <laughs> Chapter 2, Christmas Eve in the Sagebrush Country.
That's why. <laughs> Say, don't the town look pretty, huh? Mm. I like the way they got them trees decorated. Men hanging from them. <laughs> Gee, here it is Christmas Eve, and I'm kind of lonesome. Uh, ain't you going to spend Christmas uh, with your dad? No, they won't let me in Alcatraz. <laughs> oh, is he still on the rock? He's been there ever since it was a pebble. <laughs> Well, I remembered you this time, did I? Oh? Here's a little present for you. But don't open it till tomorrow. Why? Because it ain't set to go off until then. That's mighty sweet of you, O'Brien. <laughs> That's the first portion of the Red Skelton Show from December 24th, 1946. Red Skelton and all his gang. Let's take a quick break, then it's more of Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Well, next time, it's the conclusion to the Red Skelton Show from 1946. Then one of the best Christmas episodes of suspense ever broadcast. You won't want to miss it. It stars Herbert Marshall. It's called Holiday Story, also known as Back for Christmas from 1948, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.